working is for f***ing stupid idiots. And I'm not an idiot. So I don't want to work. I get 30,000 people in my rally. You don't get three. Right? That's, why you're, that's why you're jealous. We do this? Let's do it. All right, we're back. Uh, welcome back to Work Shorts, where we get real about how weird our little working world is and other life stuff. My name is Keith Coleman. And I'm C. Murda Spandy. He's Carl Spandy, and today's episode is all about strategic planning, Carl. All right. And for those of you playing at home, uh, your corporate buzzword bingo, you can check that off. It's like B14, I believe. You can continue playing next week. But this is on our minds because we're deep into the stuff right now. We are. Right? We... We haven't done a podcast in a long time. Yeah, we're putting in the hours. Like the... actually working, not desirable. I'd rather be talking about work rather than working, but Me too. here we are. It's been like months later. So thanks for sticking with us if you're still following the podcast. You're very resilient if you are. Yeah. Right? Uh, what, what have you been doing? What have I been I like doing? I feel like I haven't seen you for months. What have you been doing? You know, I nothing, really. Hanging out, drinking. No, just kidding. With the kids? Yeah. No. <laughs> True work from home stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Man. Not just, while you're working? Not while I'm working, of course. Um, but yeah, just getting through the day, right? I mean, it's um, at-home office with all the kids. It's. You think it lasts this long? I didn't. No. October. No, I didn't. And now I actually don't see an end in sight until there's some uh, sort of... Correction. Vaccine is in two weeks. That's what I heard last night. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. So you need to get the right information. I don't see... <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't see it happening. I just don't. I don't see it going back anytime soon. Well, I haven't been doing anything either. I've been trying to get outside a little bit, going out for a walk. Those are big in these trying days, to, though, right? I mean, trying to run. I don't know. It's good. You got to get out. Dude, it, it was like March, and then I've been walking in this six foot space in my kitchen for months, like half of a year. Like half of a year, I've, been, I've spent my entire existence in six by six. Spot. I've started to make little different workstations though. Well, that's so, I don't, so I have like my normal desk. Yeah. Uh, but then I can stand at my kitchen and then I'd have a little table that I call the coffee shop. So I kind of pretend like I'm traveling to these different spots. They're only three feet away. Um, but I do a rota- couple rotations every day. And by the third one, I know I'm done with the day. Wow. It's, my, it's my little gift to myself to feel like uh, something else. Happened. That's how sad it is. I like that though. That's nice. That's it's inventive. kind of twisted, right? You yeah. get you, you get a little smirk on your face when you uh, get up, walk those three feet, and go over to the, uh, to the, the coffee co- shop. I'm like, ah, I wonder shop. what they're serving in here. Yeah. Huh. It's like prison, Carl. Those are things that people in prison think. That's like true. You make up scenarios and people who are serving you, that's prisoner talk. But I'm okay with it. Yeah. I, I feel a little bit better than that. I have a lot of people to distract me. Maybe if you're... Creating scenarios in your kitchen. <laughs> well, I mean, each of us have different difficulties. Very true. Very true. But I'm okay with this right now for a while. I mean, when we go back, I think I'll still work from home once in a while. Not putting on real clothes. That's pretty fun. I Putting on pants and a, a shirt that buttons on seems so foreign to me. I'm convinced I still have shirts at the dry cleaners from back in March. That, that dry go, cleaner is out of business. I should go check them. I guarantee you it is. But yeah, man, it's just feel like it's the whole summer's been gone. Not only we did did we not do a podcast, like we haven't hung out at all. So yeah. uh, even more 
pertinent time for Keith and Carl to become friends. So I have a question for you today, Carl. All right. If you could be part of any sitcom family, which would it be? Man, oh, I love this question. That's a great question. It is. That's a great question. What? There's so sitcom? many of them. I mean, what kind of life would you want? So I'll tell you which one I don't want to be a part of. Process elimination? Well, full house. I'm, yeah, you wouldn't be the coolest one in the house. Well, it's too big. There's so many freaking people there. I don't. That's I'm, kind of similar I'm, to your life right now. It is a little bit. You, a little it's bit. not enough escapism. A little you bit. Hang out with John Stamos. Listen to jokes all day from uh, what's his face? Janice Morissette's boyfriend. Yeah, he, she's he's dating Alanis Morissette. No man, like do you remember like the her whole album is about him when she's pissed? Like her, her famous album in the nineties. Yeah. That's all about him. You did not know that? No. Yeah. No. No idea. It doesn't make any sense. There's like this super emotional album about her just devastated. And it's Joey from Full House. No way. Well, I'm not I'm dude, I'm not The album what is like Jagged Little Pill? Yeah, Jagged Little Pill is all about him. That's hilarious. Yeah. Wow. About Full House character. You would go there because too many people. Yeah. The one that I watched a lot. And I felt like I knew the family was Tool Time with Tim the Tool Man Taylor. That's a good one. You know, you'd slide right in there. Have a couple couple brothers. Yeah, just and that's yeah. I feel like that was I had a couple bro. I have a couple brothers. You'd have a couple new ones. Yeah, you'd moved in with them. Yeah, but the dad is like a car guy and super macho. The Lions fan. Yeah, that'd be a downside. I'd love... Um, Who's the mom like? I don't remember her. She's like every other mom. You know? Just, <laughs> yeah. She's fine. I mean, whatever. That one seems... I mean, that's a, that's a safe one. I think the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air would be a good one. Hang out in that house. Yeah. With Phil. Especially when Jazzy Jeff comes over to hang. Yeah. Scratch some records. I mean, can you imagine how kick-ass it would be when Jazzy Jeff comes over with the Fresh Prince in the pool backyard? Man. Yeah, all the fly women they had there, they had like, I know, Tyra it was, it was Banks all of, was there. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, because uh, Will's sister, yeah, or adopted sister, or, or whatever, his cousin, was the model, right? What was her name? Yeah, it was Tyra Banks. No, he's Phil's daughter wasn't Tyra Banks. Oh, no, no, no. But no, What's but her name? Will dated Tyra Banks yeah. on the show. And yeah. tons of other. Yeah. Very attractive. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. That, 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 that's a perfect place to be. Yeah. And I mean, the butler... Butler's cool as shit. Oh, man, the butler's definitely cool as shit. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Um, I like you, man. There's, there's so many options, but there's one that stands out above all. Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Belvedere. Why? Mr. Belvedere. That well, was a good one. You have a personal butler there cleaning up all the time after you. Right? He's always giving you sound life advice. Um, you know, anytime anything goes wrong, he's put his head around you. He always has, like, some snarky quips. I like that. Yeah. When I'm in a house, right? Yeah. When there's a situation, everyone's arguing. You got some guy, you know, sliding some sarcasm. Got in some there. guy folding your underwear. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I don't have to do my laundry. Also, my dad is Bob Euchre. Right. Yeah. Bob Euchre, voice of the Brewers, legend. Right. Right. This guy's incredible. First of all, how did he land up up on the? A TV show and you're a baseball broadcaster. It never made any sense to me. 
Yeah. But uh, I'm just going to listen to a baseball announcer's voice all day. Just watch, just listening to him read a newspaper like he's calling a game. Right. <laughs> and then Mr. Belvedere's folding underwear. I think that's a great place to be. It was a very, it was a very settled household, too. Not a lot of drama going on. Weren't rich. Weren't poor. Right in the pocket. Like, rich enough where you have a butler. Right. Uh, I kind of forget the premise of why they had a butler, but they seem so normal. Maybe because Bob Euchre's baseball money. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't even know. I have no idea. Um, but, oh, do you ever hear, like, there's like a stand-up bit with some, I mean, not, it's not even a bit, but it's like some comedians telling stories about Bob Euchre. I guess he, like, swears like a sailor. Really? Like, in between when he's playing, when he's calling a game, he'll, like, hit the mute button and just start going off and saying super inappropriate things about everyone in the stands. And then... That's hilarious. It's playing. This goes, and he's, you know, strike two out of ten, then he'll hit. Like, look at this. It just go crazy. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I think that's part of the impetus of why I want Mr. Belvedere. You but, know what? I, I, you know what? The family that I think I want to be a part of, oh. married with children. I would love that. But I mean, it's, no that's rules. Like, <laughs> you do whatever you want. Abs- <laughs> but you're also broke as shit. <laughs> you have no money. You're like the, the, Kids at school that people make fun of. I know. I know. You know, living in the basement. Yeah, but Dad's that would, a shoe salesman. That would be entertaining. Marcy Darcy comes over. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Jefferson. Oh, Jefferson. <laughs> Jefferson. He's one of the cla- all-time classic characters. He is. Yeah. There's a lot of good 90s sitcoms. Yeah. Good question. Anyway, what you got? All right. So, speaking of the 90s. What uh, what was your first car? First vehicle, nineteen eighty one Chrysler Newport. Oh, uh, I think it may have been the longest car ever made. Like there's there's what you would classify as a boat. Yes, and then there's this thing. <laughs> I mean, it was super long, five hundred bucks. The whole hood was, and it was like a a maroon color. Oh, that's a good color. And the I feel like they were all maroon back then, but the the hood was totally faded, right? I think the car came from down south somewhere. It was, you know, it spent some so time. So dark in, maroon in Texas. on the sides, and then light maroon on top. Like gray, like totally paint, totally gone, almost gone. Oh, like wow. in the, on the on the hood, yeah. it's totally burnt yeah. out. But you know the thing about those cars, it's all about the seat. First of all, when you open the door, the door is so long, right? You know, it's like five foot long, and you open that thing up. And, and you could fit two people side by side getting in there. Yeah. And then you have this bench seat. And people in, in cars today have no idea what a, what a fantastic bench seat was like in those old boats. Oh, yeah. You, it, it's more comfortable than any couch I've ever been in. I know. Ever. Yeah. I could sit there forever. And you're so close to the ground. And you're just sitting in there. And it was, oh, my gosh. It was so soft. And the person next to you felt so far away. And I, I feel like they don't make... They didn't make cars wider back then, but it just felt wider. They're so far away. Right. And it just felt like you were hanging out on your couch. Yeah. Only it moved. Right. Absolutely. And the thing sucked gas, and it didn't run all the time. But it idled so high that I could turn it on, just put it in drive, take my foot off the brake, and it would just drive. It would just drive like a steady 30 miles an hour. <laughs> it's like something you'd see on a TV show. And so we, I would play a game to see if I could just put it in drive, not touch the gas or the brake, and it would take me all the way to school, not stopping at any of the, the stop signs. And, and like I would never go anywhere very far because it, it wasn't that reliable. Right. 
and that's fantastic. Had some dice in the mirror, some pink Force. dice, yeah, some pink dice to go on this thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could fit 15 people in there. Oh, I bet. Those and when you're in high bad. school, you just roll those windows up, crank those tunes up, and just just have have yourself a time. Gosh, that's awesome. And the last day of school, it uh, broke down. Absolute last day of school. Transmission went out. You know, it would have cost more to repair it than the whole thing cost. But man, that was that was fantastic. Was it kind of a somber moment? Like you and your buddies, like Yeah. Did you have a name for it? Uh no, no. Yeah. I mean, no one else had a Newport. So when you said Newport, it meant something. Yeah. I didn't have to give it a, a specific clever name because that was a one of a kind. And you would look at all of the cars lined up and then you'd see mine sticking out another like four feet. <laughs> no way it was legal. Like everyone was about to clip this thing as they drove by. Uh yeah, that thing was that that thing, yeah, that thing was incredible. That's that's awesome. Yeah. I you know, someday when I make it, I want to buy another car like that. Just so I can sit in one of those super comfortable seats. Any any of these cars you have right now, you're trying to like make some sort of cockpit. Yeah. Like right. I'm driving a jet. Right. And I yeah. want some personalized experience. Right. They forget that driving those boats, it's a communal experience. Yeah. It's all about you know, getting other people in there. It's not all about you. That's what's great about the 80s. It was about you and whoever else was in the car. Right. <laughs> and it's not all about your personal experience and not a lot of gadgets. Yeah. Yeah. I, I met it. And I could stretch my feet out all the way. And the, the bench seat obviously didn't recline, but I could stretch my feet out all it was, it was better than any recliner. I could sleep in it um, if I needed to. Right. <laughs> I didn't, but that option's there as well. So, yeah. There's something that. to be said about the comfort that was with those vehicles. I, for the longest time, I drove like a Buick LeSabre. And you only see like grandparents drive yeah. those. Yeah, but it was the most comfortable car I had ever been in, and when you talk about couch-like experience, it's exactly what it was. Yeah, you can ride for hours in that thing. They just don't make them like that. No. What was yours? I had a 1992 Chevy Camaro that we bought for like four grand. That's Used. fancy compared to the Newport. Yeah, it seemed fancy at the time too, but it was like it was cheap. So I mean, it had. 90 or 100,000 miles on it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a stick shift. It was an RS. Didn't have the T-tops, but it was in this, you know, awesome electric blue color, I would say. And uh wasn't actually that quick because it was an automatic, um, but it had a big V8 in it. But the best feature of that car was when my grandma, she's big into sewing, sewed me these custom... Both fur seats. Come on. Yeah, that I had in there. So when I had the ladies and it was oh. like these, <laughs> you know, these these nice, like soft, like fake fur seats. Um where are you going with this? It was awesome. I'll tell you though, that car, you know, was the car that I had my first real date in, and that and I vividly remember that because I picked this girl up. Hadn't been more than 10 minutes from her house. We were going to the restaurant or whatever for whatever we were going to do. Olive Garden? Yeah, probably. And I got pulled over. Probably because I had a discount. I got pulled over going 45 and a 35 when I got a ticket. 
For speeding. For speeding on like a date, you know, like it was just like, ah, like my first real date, you know, with this girl. Um, first date that you can actually drive and don't have parents bringing you somewhere or like having to get dropped off. Well, that was a smooth move, bringing the uh, comfort into the car so you didn't have to. Yeah. But, you know, didn't have the bench seat. So it was a big, hard plastic, you know. Oh. Yeah. So that wasn't very fun. Oh, like, yeah. You know, no back seat. But you had a date in it. But I had a date. You had a date in it. I had a that, date. That yep. uh, that one upped me. It was just me and all my buddies hotboxing in the, uh, in the Newport. <laughs> So, you could probably fit a lot in there. Very, very different experience <laughs> you and I had, Carl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we went on sea list. Should we put some structure on this thing? Let's do it. All right. What do you got for us, Carl? All right. So our sea list today is really going to be around strategic plans. And, you know, the sea list title today will be the most successful. I'm not going to say the most successful strategic plans. Very simple. To the point. Okay. Just in business general? Just in, it's just in business. Yeah, just generally. Okay. Ones that caught my eye and I wanted to make sure that we uh, had a time to talk about. Okay. So this first one is Peloton, right? And their organic growth strategy to really capture this at-home fitness craze. They nailed it. They nailed it. They absolutely did. I mean, a plague might be a low percentage probability, but it's still a prob- probability. And it's something you have to account for. In your strategic plan. So you know there's that marketer that put that into the model. So, well, there's a 0.01% chance of uh, the bubonic plague of 2020 coming. And they nailed it. I mean, a couple of things that come to mind for me. First, can you imagine the bonuses that these fuckers are going to get during a pandemic? Yeah, well, they better spend it oh. or save it because it's, I mean, how repeatable They're going to blow these numbers out of the water from like, last year. There's nothing better. There's absolutely nothing better. Like an at-home fitness solution when you literally can't leave your home. I know. Like everyone's a prison. Like this is, you can't dial this up any better. Yeah. And I heard they're coming out with a new model, like a new bike that's, you know, all these people that bought these bikes, now they're hooked on it. You got to get a new bike because it's got new features. And the longer this thing goes, they're going to capture the upgrade cycle within the same pandemic. I know. It's, yeah, I know. I mean, you can't dial it up anywhere, but at the end, of, I mean, have you have you ever used one? No. People swear by them, but haven't we had exercise bikes forever? Yeah, but like Nautilus, the what the Health Riders, like you name it, these things like come and they go. But these are different, I guess. How? It's connected virtually online, so you oh, sit man. in a class with people, and the the instructor is live. So the instructor says, "Hey, Keith." Look like you're dragging ass a little bit. Pick it up. Come on, guys. Let's go. And you yeah, can and see turn everyone you off else. You start and, saying that shit. Yeah. It's like you're going to a fitness class in your living room. You don't ever have to leave. But you get to pick your trainers, pick who you want to, you know, their vibe and what, they, what they're good at. You can pick the courses you do if there's different things. Like, it's just a whole, it's a whole online virtual experience tied to a bike. So I, I just don't feel like this is part of any strategic plan. It's just somebody... Sometimes you got to get lucky. just got lucky. I mean, there, there are times in marketing where you just get lucky, and then there's this. Yeah, I know. All right, this next one, and um, I'm sure you're familiar with it, seeing it maybe in a drive-thru you know, a few years ago, but McDonald's, when they added salads to their menu, you know, as they recognize that consumers are moving away from processed foods and into more healthy options. 
right? For the salad. Have you ever ordered a salad? In? No. You think that's a strategic plan? I think it's That's Marcom strategy. I mean, do you think someone goes to McDonald's to get a salad? No. That's exactly the point. I mean, your your shareholders aren't getting rich off this Asiago Caesar salad. Well, think how, how smart they thought they were. Like, this is the plan. This is how we got to get those people that don't Yeah, this is marketers overthinking things. This is a mom in the drive-thru getting McDonald's for the kids that wants to be healthy, that wants a salad. We, like, we're in touch. And in no. fact, the sales that they like created were crap. Yeah, and it's you know the 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 taste wise. And so I heard that they were like really bad. So like, how do we up the flavor? Can yeah, get- the same way you do with your Big Macs: salt, sugar, yeah. wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah, absolutely. Right, because it's Jethro crushing three Big Macs. That's getting you paid. Yeah. So uh, I I feel like they've gone back to that. Well, and it's funny because I saw this infographic that they got busted because their salads had more calories, more fat. I heard that. And more sodium than their double Big Mac. So why wouldn't you just have fun? Well, this next one, Blockbuster. You might remember Blockbuster, but they had. That was my favorite spot, man. A very tight strategic plan to capture late fees. So, like at the end, like in the early 2000s, they had collected. What were they then? Was that when they knew they were screwed? It was, it's like, it was basically at the peak, right? So early 2000s is right when they were, they had collected, I think a couple of years, like $300 million in late fees, like annually, 300 million annually. Like that was their profit generating center was late fees. And then they had the option. It was right when Netflix was coming up, right? Do you buy Netflix? Do you get in that game? Do you get in a monthly subscription game? Do you abolish late fees? And yeah, uh, you get those fees. They want to stick with those fees. Yeah. Because that you was get pure that, profit. For you them. get that dollar. Pure profit. I mean, think about it. Like you get that $300 million that year, pay you a one-time dividend off into the sunset, Yeah. file bankruptcy. You live in Bigley so, after that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think, I think they were emboldened by the tech bust. Think about the timing, like post-2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They saw things, the internet come. They saw pets.com and every other .com bust. Yeah. And they're like, this thing's, this thing's done, right? You know, the whole Amazon is surely next and every, everyone else is going to fall. So I get it. Like you, they, they saw the carnage of that. And like, are we going to switch to all those players that went broke? Like, no. No. It's going to be three ninety nine if you don't get it by Thursday, bro. Would you call that a strategic plan? Or would like you know like that's your plan to the grave like you have to know like this is our sunset because no, that I don't is think not... they I don't think they thought that was their sunset I think that collecting late fees and I think they were gonna I think they thought that Netflix was gonna bust and you're just gonna they had collect... an opportunity to buy Netflix yeah that's 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 their strategic plan yeah. the one that didn't happen well yeah. I feel like that one went well yeah and then this next one is really about capturing people's trends as well and their laziness which would be segue you know capitalizing on the trend of fat people of people not wanting to walk (laughs) (laughs) so let's build an innovation where people can stand there and still go down the sidewalk (laughs) like a moving sidewalk i think i saw one of these uh it's like an mtv episode where p diddy was kind of like fat he was eating and drinking too much yeah and he was just cruising one of these things around his office because he didn't want to walk in the office. And that was peak, peak segue. 
Yes. And after that, it all just kind of fell apart. I mean, what do you do if you're the, the marketing team? You have to bank, not only bank on, but promote. Hopefully, America will get lazier. But at a price point, those things were like 5000 bucks a piece. At a price point, no. the average, yeah. That the average oh, that's person, why P. Diddy was on it. Yeah, that's why the people couldn't, it wasn't accessible. The, the so actual it was like lazy unhealthy people. rich people? It was rich people that wanted something as a toy. They, weren't, they were actually the ones probably working out. Just a toy. This thing should be made for people that like really don't. Yeah, it should be like a rascal scooter at Walmart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's for the. I feel like it's a starter. It's like a rascal scooter starter. Their strategic plan was encourage people to stop walking. Yes. Well, I'm never gonna get one. Maybe you should. You'd be less injured. You do 26. Fucking assholes. Anyway, this next one, I think, must have come from. All of the Rambo movies, the Schwarzenegger movies, the high-flying action in cinema that honestly built the foundation for a company to say, you know what, we're going to take the Hummer from being a strictly military vehicle to being a vehicle that people actually want to drive around cities and towns in. You know what? As far as a strategic plan, this is probably a silly idea. Until now, when having a military vehicle as a city vehicle, sounds like a pretty good idea. One thing too, there's definitely niche products, but there's also products that are need to be built for the masses. And a lot of these, like if you you need to go with the masses or you don't, or you, you yeah. fail. If that's, you know, you're trying to make a big Segway, Hummer, not for the masses. Salad, McDonald's consumer, not for the masses. Peloton is frankly kind of for the masses, being that you can buy one, or like lease them for, I don't know, 30 or 50 bucks a month or whatever it is. They have is. a lease program? Yeah, you like lease it. I don't know if it's lease it or you do payments on it. Like most people don't buy them outright because these things are 3000 bucks. Jeez. Well, you get a nice little payment plan going and then you get a you know, subscription fee and they got you locked in for... Just clicking years. 30 bucks off your credit card. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I feel good to not work at any of these companies. Wait, do you think the people in these companies knew? Like, do they see it coming? Are you so bought in on this that, like, if you're a blockbuster, you're in the tech boom, like, you think everyone's, like, really thinking 10, 20 years, like, this thing's going to be there? You know, let me share this story with you. So I was at, um, spent some time at a company where we were reinventing the way mac and cheese was made. So it was a competitor against Kraft, mac and cheese, a blue box, right? Everyone knows how to make mac and cheese. You put, you boil the noodles in the water, you drain it, then you add the butter and the, the, the sauce packet and, and the milk, and you stir it all together, and there you go, boom, mac and cheese. Well, what we were working on, it was like a year before my time, it got launched, I think right as I w- was, on, was on board, um, you put the milk, the butter, the, the cheese packet, and the noodles and the water all in one pan together. And you turn on the stove, and voila, five or ten minutes, everything evaporates, everything gets mixed around together. You put the spoon in there, mix it around, and you have mac and cheese. So it's faster. Faster, simpler. Yeah. And we did some consumer testing, like we should. And yeah, I mean, it came back like, yeah, this is simpler and easier. But what happened in the market once we launched it is that everyone still made it the exact same way as they would craft Blue Box. And... That's not the way our product was meant to be made. 
the flavors weren't turning out, the instructions weren't the way it was supposed to be. Um, and it just, I mean, it, it was a, it was a blunder. It failed. But when you asked about having consensus around marketing and research and development teams, leadership teams, do they think this is a good strategy? Everyone thought it was a good strategy internally. And people getting paid a lot of money. It seemed like a great idea. We're hitting on these big principles. We're making mom's life simpler. It's quicker. It's just as good as, as far as flavor goes. It was a flop. Because we're trying to change the way people did things. And just It's kind of a bad plan. So you could still meet the needs, but the execution, how it worked in people's lives, you don't really know Yeah. until you get it out there. Anyway, that's a good list. Um, so this is an exciting episode of WorkSource because we have a brand new sponsor that Carl's about to share with us. This episode has been brought to you by ReplaceYourFace.com. Like many of you, I too have wanted to replace my face with a celebrity's. Well, now you can, and it's the perfect time with COVID-19 and the mask requirements. I mean, haven't you ever wanted your lower face to look like the cutting edge, the sharpness of the rock? Or maybe you wanted that iconic push broom mustache of Tom Selleck? Well, now you can. And it's great. I've got all of those and many more. And it's not just for men. Some some of you women may want those uh, those nice loose jowls of Hillary Clinton. Or maybe the unmistakable mole of Cindy Crawford. Yes. Well, regardless, this is for you. It's for me. I've got a set. I'm wearing one right now. And uh, visit ReplaceYourFace.com. Get your lower half face replaced with a celebrity today. And mention Keith and Carl for a 10% discount. Thanks, Carl. Happy to have that new sponsor aboard. I, I haven't tried any of their products yet. But after listening to that, I, you know, I'm going to have to investigate. What would you say the website was? ReplaceYourFace.com. While we're at it, we just want to thank all of our uh, Patreon supporters, also at, at, at Keith and Carl. So appreciate your support, as always. All right, Carl, it's time for the WorkShort topic of the day. Today's topic, strategic planning for the WorkShorts podcast. All right. Right. We talked a lot about strategic plan. That's what we've been doing. That's why we haven't really done a podcast in forever. Uh, what is strategic planning? Yeah. So strategic planning, it's really a process. Right, so it's a process that a company or a person or a, you know entity uses to help define its direction and and identify its key activities that it needs to really meet those key business objectives. Dude, that sounds right off a of PowerPoint. Right? Did you get that? Yeah, it is. I mean, I I just gave uh, two days worth of uh, seminar and training um, on strategic planning, so. So you're an expert, which is why we brought you into the Keith and Carl project. Yeah, which is why, and I've uh, identified some gaps in our planning process that we should address. But I mean, it, it comes down to you know why do companies do this, right? It, like you mentioned earlier, it's uh, somewhat buzzwordy. There's a ton of business jargon and lingo um, that uh, that definitely uh, is aligned a to this type of topic, but. We're managed for a lot of reasons, right? I mean, this is really, if you think about planning, and this is my life. This is what I like to do, I feel like. right When I go on a trip, Keith, I plan it. I know where I'm going. I know the stops. I know the food that we're going to eat because I've found the restaurants. I've, 
read the reviews. I'm like, this is the this is the spot that we're going to be on Thursday night. I've made the reservations at seven o'clock so we can get prime time, the right atmosphere. We're getting nothing cold. I know it's going to be the bomb. Like that's my version of a, of a great vacation is to be planned, and that's the way I like to look at. I would terrify you. A business. If we, <laughs> I would absolutely terrify you. I don't even know what I'm eating tonight. I, I know, I know, because I don't know what I'm eating either. But I know <laughs> it's because I don't know what I mean. <laughs> and that's, I mean, and that's hilarious because I think that's the dynamic the dynamic that we have here. But that's, you know, that's why I think my wife and I get along too, because she's very much not that way. Yeah, and leaves it to me to to keep that planning going. So companies do this so they know where they're going, so they know where to steer the ship. Yeah, where they're going to spend their money, what people they're going to employ, and which projects, and how they're going to get to growth. Really. So how does this relate to your job? What do you, how, how do you get involved with this? So, yeah, I mean, like you, the last couple of months, that's what we've been doing. It's my job is an in innovation. So planning for growth often involves new products, new services, new solutions. And that's what we're trying to come up with is for the next year, the next two to five years, what is it that I'm actually going to do <laughs> to add value to the business? Ultimately, it's a fight for cash. That's all this process is for me. Right, a there's a point. bucket of money at the top. They've already decided what they're spending. And you just have to go sing for if your idea is good enough to get some of that pot of money. That's true. I mean, that's all it really is. And and we're actually singing against each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone everyone really, who's putting a plan. Yeah. Like if, if money goes somewhere, it's taken away from another place. And that's that's so much of what the office world is. It's a fight for resources. Yeah, you're right. But it hap- it, the only, I guess, beef I have with it is it takes so long that that's like months that you're not actually doing the thing. I know. Or you're not spending time with your team or you're, I don't know. It, it, I don't want to say distraction. It, it matters. But, man, does it have to take that long? I know. Because at the end, don't you really come to the same conclusion where you kind of knew where you are going, where you just massage and, and jockey and position for the, for the money and to get a little bit more, and how you tie it to all these other things and get some, some more money. And at the end of the day, you're still kind of doing the same thing. I think a lot of companies try to say, we're on a three-year cycle or a five-year cycle where your planning goes in these bigger chunks because it is so much work, but it's never the case because no. you still have to have a plan for next year, and you still have to, like... No one has five-year plans. You have still have to make your case. Except for the... Chinese Communist Party, they have five years. Yeah, and the five-year plans are so unrealistic. And then, I mean, it, it it has been ramped up, right, with the pandemic. We There's just so much more on the table now, so much more Except money. Um, loss of dollars that everyone's seen. So it's a dogfight. And it's a dogfight. It really is a dogfight. And people how we're going to get back to growth. Because, it, I mean, you, you start to humanize this a little bit. Every project has money associated with that, that means people. Yep. That's how many people are going are gonna to be working on this thing. Do you reallocate? So it affects people's lives. I did see this, like, uh, this one of those Dilbert cartoons. Yeah. Right? Where <laughs> one guy's like, I'm putting you on the strategic planning team. It's like work, but without the satisfaction of accomplishing anything. And oh. that's exactly kind of what it feels like. Yes. It's just like activity over accomplishment. Um, that's absolutely right. I'd be littling it, right? It does matter, but gosh, does it have to take three months? 
Yeah. But, and it is a lot of work. Yeah. And it is a lot of jockeying and it is and, and, and like a lot of fucking PowerPoints. That's exactly it. I was just going to say that. Like, what does that, what does that actually mean? Like, are you going crunchy in the numbers? Are you, are you, are you sizing, really sizing up these opportunities or looking, you know, the things you're going to do and you're just like playing with PowerPoint widgets. Right. For months to get the money. Yeah. Like, think about it. Like, think about that actual activity. I know. Is that worth your time? I mean, you have to tell a story. You can't diminish that. Like, and, and you know, the right, right font. That gets you that money, like that's fine. There's got to be a better way than that. There has to. Like, can't you just go in and tell somebody your story, and then they say, "Yeah, this is the way." Yeah. Can you do that in a week? I know. But everyone's positioning, trying to get the right amount, and you got to look good for the next one. So there's the pre, the pre, the pre, the pre, the pre, the, and all of a sudden it stretches back into this is like a, you know, a, a spring activity to get ready for the winter. Yeah. The problem is, is like, it's, you've got so many decision makers along the way. That's true. And Us then, not being one of them. Yeah. It's like, so it's like, you know, it's so tough because at our level, we come up with these plans and then our boss has to overlook three or four or five different people yep. and say yes or no, but their yes or no is not the only yes or no, right? Their peers also have to align. And if you have the alignment across the peer set to go up to the next level, then there's another whole freaking peer group up there that has to talk. And this is a one-year plan. Yeah, one year. And I I did see an interesting stat where it says 63% of companies say that they plan one year or less in advance. That's not a strategic plan. No. That's a what are you going to do tomorrow? Right. Because whatever you want to do, you're not going to be able to hire someone on board and, and affect any any of that. Right. So what are you even investing in? It's you're just that's just like expense dollars at that. Yeah. Like who are you going to hire from the outside? Yeah. So I th- I just think that's amazing. Like if you're one of these people at one of these comp- in these sixty three percent of companies, the company's not planning. No. Or maybe it's a great place to be because you don't have to do powerpoints for. Well, they don't really tie success to that, though, do they? I mean, of those sixty-three percent, like, which how percentage of those are successful? If ninety percent are successful because they're reactionary, man, that's great. And some of that could be just grab what's in front of you too. Yeah, yeah, or it could be just lack of like planning experience. But that that too is a strategy. You can have a, a strategy is to not plan. Forget five years from now. That's true. Yeah, like. The strategy is the time is now. Like right now, everything got blown up. And I think when people hear strategic plan, it has to be like, well, what's going to happen in the future? Right. And what what's the opportunity cost of not grabbing? I don't I don't know. I, I, I think that could be a deceiving number. Yeah. Because if you're always chasing the right thing, but if you're a nimble enough company where you can do that, why wouldn't you? Right. That's like, why hey. it can be as simple as having plan A, plan B, plan C, right? Things come up. Having a, a a good plan, a risk mitigation plan in place is a good strategic plan. Yeah, it's a it's that other restaurant reservation, right? In case something falls through. Yeah, with the first one, that's all it is. Yeah, and how smart do you look if the first one falls through, but you already had a second one? Yeah, but yeah, that's what we do with our life. That's why I mean, honestly, that's why we haven't done a podcast in forever, because we've been doing this. But in the course of that, we've been neglecting strategic plans. In every other facet of 
the podcast and some would say our lives. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. It's been, it's been consuming, you know, and, and kind of looking through this before, I never really even considered you could have a strategic plan for your life. Do you have one? That's a great question. I have thought about that recently as it pertained to this episode. And the one that sticks out in my mind is this is my starter home. I've got a plan. Right? This is my, I'm going to get a three bedroom, two bath house because this is my starter home. And in yeah. five years, I'm out of here. Right. Because I'm going to have a bigger family. We're going to need more space. Get a five year plan. And I'm stuck, you know, after five years, like, I'm not getting out of this place, but I've got four kids, three cats, and a dog and a wife. And my plan is now like, this is, I don't have a plan right now. The plan is like, do I make a bigger garage with something on top that we can, you know, more bedrooms? Like, I love the neighborhood, love the people that, like, the school district, love where I'm at, um, the street I'm on. Like, everything is awesome about it. So it's like, what is my plan now? Like, I'm not, I'm just not sure. And then all the uncertainty, right? It's like, I don't know. But like, I feel like this whole notion of like starter home, family planning, like, I'm just not, I'm way more planful in my work life than I am at home. I've been running a lifelong series of sales tactics that have been pretty successful. But as you do that, you you could go way off course. Well, I mean, like for my work life, I have a, 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 process of how I get things done, right? I have, I create a box, a checkbox list that I have to actually say, this is what I need to do today or this a work week. list. Yep. A work C list. And I have to check that box, if, you know, and that's my sense of accomplishment. But for my life, I don't have any of that. I don't have a box. I need to go to the gym. I get it done, you know, and, but then it's easy to fall, fall off. I don't have that, you know, a mental box that I have to check, but it's like everything else. Because if you don't do it, you're not going to get fired. Yeah. It's the consequence. Yeah. It's not really the accomplishment. It's the consequence of that's not. A, that's a great point. That makes you do it. Yeah. Like, I need to keep the job. It is. I need to get paid. I need to get the bonus. We need exactly. to grow the company because I need to get paid. Like, it's the carrot. It's, it's the fear. The carrot and the st- versus the stick. It is. If there was that carrot in our personal life, yeah, maybe you would, maybe you would achieve that, right? If there was, if there was a, you know, if there was a floor, it's like, well, I can't go below this because, you know, things go bad. But there isn't. Yeah. There never is. And if there is, it happens way too late. <laughs> so right? slowly. It's like you should have been working out for the last 10 years. Well, now you got diabetes and a heart condition. Yeah. It's like, whew. Or your wife's been cheating on you for the last 10 years. Like, you probably should have been taking care of business at home. Right? Yeah. Like, check that list, like, thing off the list. But it's like, no, that's, yeah, that's a great point. But as we're thinking about the strategic planning season, I mean, we haven't done a strategic plan for this podcast. Yeah, no. It's been, I mean, it's been planful at the beginning, but similar to what you just talked about as far as us going to the gym and whatnot, it just kind of happens. Right. And you plan the next week, you, you plan the next workout session and you go, you try to make strides, but there's not like that. What do you want to be at the end? Yep. And... What are those strategies to get us there? So literally all the things that they pay us to do at work, we don't do. We don't. So I feel like today's the day. I know. I think we should share with the listeners a, a working session of creating a strategic plan for work shorts. Let's do it. Get into it. Because we, I mean, we haven't done any of this yet. 
give a little glimpse. There's been too. no pre-work done. I mean, into our job. I mean, this is like the pro- thought process, a little bit of how we think, you know, when we're at work. It's kind of an interesting way to maybe get after it a little bit. What What is the process? On a, at a very high level, a strategic planning process is fairly linear, right? So we want to start with an overarching business objective. What are we trying to accomplish? That's the first piece, right? That's at the top of the page. This is what we're trying to do. And then we have to go and say, okay, let's do some analysis. Let's try to understand our business or our podcast a little bit better and understand where we were, where we're at today. And then that'll help us inform of where we're going to go tomorrow. So, you Makes know, sense. Yeah, quite simply. So it's what are some insights? What are some analysis that we can do to look back at, at our business? What are the implications? What does that mean? Right? What does that mean for us? And then we develop some strategies. Okay, here's how we're going to address those implications. And then there's tactics, which is let's go do the shit. What are we going to do? How are we going to actually do it? Let's put, and those things are what we would typically ask for budget for, right? So we're actually going to do a media campaign, right? We're going to run a TV advertisement, you know, uh, a nice uh, commercial over the Super Bowl for Keith and Carl. And uh, our podcast. And we need a couple more Patreon supporters before we get there. Yeah, we need a little bit more um, advertisers. Yeah. You know, like replaceyourface.com. It's a start. Uh, yeah, it's a start. It's a start. So that's that's the uh, the process. Pretty simple. So we can go through it and talk about it. But first, got to start with the business objective. Work shorts. What's our objective? What are we trying to do? Uh, I think that's a good question. I think when we started this, we really just wanted to have fun flex some uh creative muscle a learn how to do this right acquire a new skill but i think now we're at the point where we've been kind of doing it uh you know we've we've strung together a few episodes and now it 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 really is about growing the listenership enough to where we can get the feedback to continue the just to like iterate on this thing to really to really build that I think yeah, that muscle, right? I think we're like at that inflection point where how easy it is for us to deprioritize a oh, podcast. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. And mainly it's because of we have, you know, an awesome base of listeners that we know, but we don't have the scale that would keep us coming back. Totally. Right. So, to achieve the scale that we would want that would put us in this these chairs week after week going to take some work you know we've got i don't know roughly 400 unique i think visitors we've got an average of seven people a day that listen which isn't a lot but it seems like a lot we've only got a lot because we haven't put out content forever yeah so that was front front loaded for sure how do we put a number on how many how many listeners unique listeners you need over a thousand yeah no i think a thousand is a great starting point i yeah so maybe that's a I, and I I don't know well enough about the metrics that the our service uses is to to gauge what unique like means. Maybe so we I, just I change the like, metrics to massage what we need. Yeah, that's true. We get could there do that. by next week. But I feel like that's pretty good. I feel that's like tactic. If we have over thousand unique listeners, that's a good goal. Yeah, because that expands expands past friends and family. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we'll go with that. Thousand unique listeners in twenty. All right, put in set in stone. Put that in there. All right. So the next piece is okay. Well, what have we learned from our listeners? What do we know? Have we got? Have we collected some feedback? What's some feedback that you've gotten from? Just I think the general rapport with us. 
yeah. which we didn't even know when we got into this. There, there, there would be any or a lot. I think we'd very you know, true. We've, very true. We've been yeah. uh, surprised. I think our differences play off each other. I think there is definitely a lack of follow through with the topics. I think a lot of the topics we have some aspirational or some meaty things we want to tackle, but then we just start shooting the shit and telling stories and we never even get to right. it. Yeah. Like we never even get to it. Right. Like, yep. I mean, there's, I, there's, there's one specifically on like, it was right after COVID. Like we were going to go deep on what's it like to be in the food service industry. People who tuned, tuned into that really wanted to know, and we did not address it once. We didn't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that was the kickoff to season two, too. Yeah, it was a train wreck, right? We just got yeah. on and just started BSing with each other, which is it was fun. But I think there's that expectation, like where if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about a topic, you need to like go into it. And I think that's where I learned like people actually want to hear about some of the the content. Right. Where when we think it's well, it's you know, it's not funny or it's not entertaining, yeah, like people actually want some some nuggets of stuff. Like there has to be more in it for them than oh we're gonna listen to these two clowns like go back and forth because it's fine yeah but there's got to be you got to deliver you got to deliver that the goods that you're promising up front well and the other piece that I think too when you listen to some podcasts that might be murder mysteries or that are historical or as a listener you feel like the the people are doing work yeah. Right, it's like you you, could, yes, you could you could you could you could hear them preparing. Yes, the yes. like it's been per, like off the cuff, like a radio show maybe is more appropriate for some interviews that are off the cuff. Like if you have an interview show, ours is an interview show, right? So like if we had interviews and whatever, like we've got time to make it worth it for our audience, exactly. and the audience knows that, right? And so I think that's a big piece, you know, is what are we bringing? every day looking at some of some of our other learnings is you know we do have some pretty loyal listeners and it's actually been kind of fun to have conversations with people in my family we know your mom's a loyal listener yeah she's she's a loyal carl fan yeah well that's obvious most people are i want to give a a big shout out to my uncle dave he's you know i I love it because he shot us an email and uh a couple months ago, I think in June or July. And he was like, what are you slackers doing? Your listeners want another podcast. Get it going. Let's go. And I was like, gosh, I love that. That's the kind of feedback we need. Got a good base. Got a good base of people. We know that Carl's probably more popular than Keith. At least I mean, with my pop- family. Population. They've had to hear me for my entire life. That's all I hear. Oh, that Carl sounds like a nice guy. Oh, well, I am a nice guy. Yeah, it's like and we he's really plan- want to hear what Carl has to say. He's planful. Yeah, yeah. You don't let Carl talk enough, and I don't think it's a big enough sample size for me to act on it yet. Clearly, but it's consideration. I think we got to look at some of the other trends. Like, we started off really strong, but in June and July, probably half of the listenership uh, per episode. How much do you think of it's COVID? No one's in the office. A lot. It just dropped off. I think it's COVID Big fatigue. Time. I think it's you're not driving your car anymore. I know a lot People of people listen to work. Yep, at work, a lot of that is, and I know it's been uh, it's been across I don't the listen podcast. to as many podcasts. Yeah, industry that all like it's gone down. So you got to have a reason for people to listen. Thinking through just some of our other channels, right? From uh, the YouTube channel perspective, we've got a couple of videos of us doing this. 
and that's uh, 31 followers. Not a lot. Of, not a large base there. You we don't really, really have, have a lot of good content. You have there. to have a long form interview type of show for people to tune into watching you do a podcast, right? Unless somebody is doing, you know, it's like a niche podcast where it's like a ratings and reviews, or they're talking about a very, you know, so you could search for the specific thing. And you're not doing that with us. You're really tuning into the next episode of the show. Like video content has to be more off podcasts and just unique content. Yeah, I don't know if that's jumping to a tactic, but you know, I think it's start, to, starting with an insight. Right? No, that's it's, great. That, you're jumping to the next piece, which are the implications. People spending less time listening to podcasts due to just the current state. From a content perspective, it's there are different channels, channels being video or like radio or me- media podcasts like this or whatever, that you need specific content for those channels that work best. If you're on a video channel, you don't need to watch two people fucking talking to each other. Yeah. It's not that would. good, right? It's not yep. good. It might be kind of interesting to see us in our facial expressions, but there's nothing more than that for a lot of our content. There's a couple. No, you can see what sweatshirt Carl has on. Today. Yeah, we got we have a fun video that we put together as soon as COVID started with this at, at home um, personas and yeah, what, what, mood, what like meetings are like being at home and. I really think that was funny and ahead of the game. I've seen some people that have replicated that with much bigger studio budgets <laughs> than us, but uh, I feel like we were on top of that. So, um, and then lastly, we've got a, an awesome listener base, right? We've got people that will tune in, will listen to this episode. How do we do things maybe a little bit differently? You know, get other people outside of just our core base, brand new people that we've well, never seen. I about. think that that goes back to delivering the content topic that you're intending on. Yeah. Right. Because you're, you're really isolating this to just people who know us. If the, the content is Carl, Keith and Carl screwing around. And then so. my question, what I'd love to do some research on is how many of these people are listening just to see if we're talking shit about her job. And Oh, there's, I, I bet you a big percentage just waiting for them to just. trip up. <laughs> I think that's a lot of, that's a lot of it too. It's like, well, at some point they're going to screw up bad enough where one or both of them will be gone. Now let's talk about strategies, right? So we take that learning, we internalized it, and we're trying to start to think about how do we how do we potentially grow, right, to a thousand? That was our number, a thousand unique visitors or listeners to our podcast. How do we get our listeners that are loyal, right? The forty to sixty people that I believe are are dedicated listeners into advocates for us. How do we get them to to say, hey, like I'm gonna tell one friend two friends, 10 friends, family, their other side of their family, right? How do we get them to, to do that? Well, and I think too, it's like, how do we identify the people that we want to unleash? That's even better point. There's some people we do not want unleashed. Right, and some people like, they could, we could unleash them and it wouldn't make sense, right? We could say, hey, go tell your friends. But if their friends don't give a shit about corporate life, corporate work like our totally. stories about doing this kind of stuff yeah like a strategic plan episode yeah if that's not going to make sense yeah. right like they don't need to be unleashed it's like how do we get like the people that are like in it have the friends that like are also living kind of similar lives that we are to a certain degree as far as work goes and then like how do you do it right so what are some tactics how do we get people to do that one thing i thought was pretty easy is we just make some cool t-shirts with keith and carl on our face on it and we say work shorts those are cheap yeah, I mean, I, I mean that's like an old radio show tactic. Do people love like T-shirts that mean like nothing but everything to them? We should do that. 
I think so. How much do you think t-shirts cost? What's like the minimum order quantity? It's probably a lot. No, 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 no. Dude, t-shirts are a diamond dust. I bet you can get minimum of 50 or 100 minimum order quantity. We have to do What that. we should do is a contest of work shorts with your face on it and work shorts with my face on it and just like get people to like order them. For like fifteen bucks or something, whatever the cost is, we'll, we'll just just cost, yeah. Just it's cost. just brand awareness. Cost, or cost, and or just or maybe just do it like one of our uh, photo shoot pictures. Yes, and just like you know, donate the money to something. Yeah, yeah. You know, make a little extra profit to donate all the profits to something else. Yep, and just like get some fun engagement on and get people taking t-shirts. What about in their inner t-shirt? We have a contest where. We see if people will put a tattoo on their body of uh-huh. us, right? Yeah. That was kind of a thing, like brand marketing. You get people to, and we'd have to pay them. They sure wouldn't do that for free. Yeah, we'd we'd pay for the tattoo. Yeah, you'd pay for a Keith and Carl tattoo. You'd think someone would do it. Well, I mean, it's gonna be pretty awkward when you show up to Christmas and Kathy's got Carl's face <laughs> on her arm. <laughs> But right, I think take that we're uh, we're digging on the uh, tattoo idea. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. All right, so another strategy is something that we've dabbled in is creating a social media presence. We've got an IG account and Facebook, and we get some good engagement. We we post when we've got new episodes. But as a as a marketer, thinking to some of the the good execution and strategies on social media, we're way behind that, right? Like there's. There's a, a a social media like I wish we had an intern that could be our social media like person and curate and create content daily because that's what you need. You need that kind of level of engagement. Well, in, it in it doesn't content. help when fifty percent of the podcast has no social media presence. That's true, right? You have no. Presence. I mean, if 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 you have two people, even with standard social media accounts let alone the social media presence of someone in like early 20s. It's incredible. So we're just up against me literally having no footprint and you not being 20 and on TikTok with 1,500 followers. I think what we really need though, and you, you mentioned it and I'm glad you did, is TikTok. I think you and I need our own TikTok page. I don't even know what that is. I mean, I know what TikTok is, but... I. I've never gone on it. Like, what does it entail? We get to, it's just dancing videos, right? Well, you... No, it's not just dancing videos. It's it's basically you record yourself. So it's and, Snapchat with a timer? Yeah. Yeah, essentially. But, I mean, the underlying foundation of many of the TikToks is that there'll be a music playing. What we use, you tag along to the music. Let's say... Let's bring it back to our level, right? Like, uh, back in the day. So let's say... Biggie Smalls, the song, Biggie, 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 can't you see that whole like piece? Let's say that was the stanza of like the what you, what you listen to. You would do something, maybe it's a lip sync to that, Biggie, 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 can't you see? Or it would be like a dance, and it would all be tagged to that song. So as those things like go out in the world, people would jump on that song and do their own thing. So then you could start looking at content made specifically for that song. People are tagging the songs to dances. So everyone's doing these dance routines to a specific song. And then there'll be a next song that you hear on the radio. 
everyone does a different dance to that. So that's like the underlying kind of thread. But there's like content that has no music. That's just people like making content. Like, oh, hey, here's me. I'm going to, you know, grab some. I'm at the grocery store. I'm doing this. Or I'm making a prank. Or I'm doing like it's just another way to like get media out there. So we'd have to dance. Yeah. So what I'm saying, proposing, is that we get on there. We can do coordinated dance moves to these songs. I'm telling you, they're not like meant for late 30s guys to be dancing to. So <laughs> it would be kind of, be kind of funny. <laughs> All right, I'm down. That beats the tattoo idea, probably. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, more realistic. One strategy is for us to get more involved social media ramp that game up to get up to a thousand unique listeners there's a way for us to get there we can pay our way actually put money into facebook adwords we could put money on google we could get some seo search dollars we could spend money that's tattoo money though that's ta- yeah, it's tattoo money t-shirt money yeah right so we got to balance our resources i'd we're, rather have somebody wearing our face on a t-shirt i think so more sp- it's short-term thinking i think so but i think it'll be worth it what I think would be funny, though, is that if we had T-shirts for sale, it said Keith and Carl and work shorts, whatever, and we just tried to sell them to the masses and see who bought them. That would be hilarious, just to see somebody random. Yeah. Just, somebody would do it, thinking think we're so. famous. I think so. We should run that experiment <laughs> and so. just be on a corner with both of us with these on our face and just start hawking it. And be like, you want a picture with me? And or like, have one of us be the camera guy? Be like, Somebody's going to we'll do that. Take your picture. Like, we could, I feel like we could make it work. Last one is we can improve our content and our mix, like from a formatting standpoint, shorter episodes, right? We could do one-offs. We can do 10-minute blips. We can do, you know, we can talk maybe just specifically about strategic planning, very formalized, just boom, 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 get it done. We could do Keith and Carl become friends, maybe only a 10-minute segment of that and just post that. And then generally, I think we need some feedback is that's what the people want. Fun for us. Yeah. But would they rather see something different? Do they think that our personalities work well in a certain uh, way, but uh, like we don't give a shit about any of the marketing stuff? Yeah. This, tell, tell stories about each other, like about your life. Like ask those questions over and over. I think we're going to have to balance the feedback from listeners and what we want to implement and weigh it against so it's just fun doing. Right. Because if it deviates too far, then I don't know. If it's not, if it's not fun, it's probably like a great idea. For someone who's not Keith and Carl. Well, it, that's, a, that's a really great point. So I think we've got a plan. I think we've got some learning to do. We need some feedback from people that listen. Let's get, a, let's get to 1,000 unique listeners next year. Things are getting real. Now I feel a little pressure I think so. to amp this thing up and actually implement this. Because making the plan is the easy part. Right? This is the PowerPoint. Right. Are you gonna, wait, are you going to draw this up in a PowerPoint? No. No? No. Okay. We're not, we're not going to do that. Tired of that shit. Um, yeah, this is the easy part. Now, now we have to actually put in the work. Let's do so, it, man. And we're looking for an intern. So if you want to volunteer. Uh, yeah, we can take some of those Patreon dollars, turn it into um, an intern. Right? On an hourly basis, it's not anything close to minimum wage. You get a free tattoo. You get a free tattoo. Um, we'll give you the first first run of T-shirts. Yep, to, to pass out to all your friends and promote us. All right, man. Well, let's get cracking on this uh, strategic plan. Hit us up on the socials, right? KeithandCarl.com, Instagram, at WorkShortsPodcast, Facebook, at WorkShorts. And last but not least, Keith and Carl, YouTube channel. All right. Let's do it next time, man. Thumbs up to that, mother. <laughs> <laughs>